chapter 11 today, the Lord just started dealing with me on this thought about there is no friend like Jesus. Amen. No friend like Jesus. I want to look in John 11, verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I like verse number five tonight, amen. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I just want to say there is no friend like Jesus, amen. Uh, I begin to think about this chapter and how uh, Mary and Martha have a brother named Lazarus who's very sick. He's, he's um, in bad shape and they send to Jesus in verse three and they are appealing three different areas they're making appeal. They appeal, first of all, to his lordship. They say, Lord, what about that? Is he your Lord? Amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They're appealing to his lordship. They're appealing to his love. Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. I know this tonight, that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. They're appealing for his leadership. They know only he can heal. Only he can cure those that are sick. Now, according to what I'm reading here, they made no demands that he shows up at their house, though they hoped he would come, though they thought he would come. They did not necessarily say, Lord, would you come? That's not what they said. And Jesus' word, when he sent back to them, said to everyone around, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, let's think about where they lived. They lived in Bethany. The word Beth, or the phrase, the term, the term, the four letters, Beth means house. House of misery, or house of the afflicted. That's interesting. When Lazarus is sick, living in the house of affliction, Jesus hears about it, and you'd think he'd move just like that. But verse 6, the Bible says, When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So he heard he was sick. This sickness is not in the death, but for the glory of God, and he stays exactly where he was. Skip down to verse 14. Then said Lazarus unto them plainly, or then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Jesus, what he's telling us is, if I would have went and healed Lazarus, that would have been good. If I would have went and healed Lazarus, that would have been a miracle to heal him of whatever sickness that was. But... I have something better, I have something greater in mind than just this physical miracle of healing. Maybe there's somebody tonight, you, you've got a prayer request not been answered or got a financial woe or, or a sickness going on and you're like, where in the world? What's going on? Where's he at? Why is he not answering this? Well, I just want to say, it'd be good if he answered your prayer request, but maybe, just maybe now, he's got something better in mind. Hallelujah. So distrust him, amen. So Jesus said he's dead. Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now, there's no doubt that Lazarus, when he died, I believe that Mary and Martha, don't you, can you just picture it? 
They were right at his bedside, uh, uh, waiting upon him, praying, they holding his hand, doing whatever they could to keep him alive. But now their brother has died. And they told Jesus about it. And they thought Jesus would come, but he never did. I wonder how those sisters felt. How do you feel whenever your prayer request goes unanswered? When God doesn't do, do you ever get frustrated? Let's just, let's, the truth of the matter, oh, preacher, and I'll never be disappointed with Jesus. You lied. There's times that we pray and beg and say, Lord, I've been a good boy. Lord, I've done all the things that I, but I still, right, that's how we do. And, and I'm just telling you right now that sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes we get discouraged. And sometimes we feel defeated. Now, don't you know that those girls had that in their mind? And the devil probably attacked saying, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. But there he is. Lazarus is dead. In fact, they're going to have someone come and they're going to get his body ready for the burial. That involved a lot of things. I won't go into those details. In fact, they've got a, a cemetery plot. They've got a place, a tomb that they're going to bury him. And they even as much as had the funeral rolled a stone in front of the door and walked away after saying their goodbyes. Don't you know the devil said, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but he's dead. Jesus don't love you. Jesus don't care. Jesus is not a man of his word. Don't you know that their family questioned the purpose of God? Their family questioned the will of God. Now my Bible says in verse 17, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany, that's house of affliction, house of misery, was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, about two miles. Bethany, the house of affliction, is right close to the city of God. May, may I just say that to you tonight? You may feel like that you're living in a place of affliction. You're in the house of misery, but you're real close to the city of God. Amen. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Here's all these people coming over. Now, I've got a feeling a lot of these are not necessarily friends, but they're acquaintances. They're people that know the family, have grown up with them around there. And may I say tonight that uh, in this world, if you really have five real friends, you're more than rich. Preacher Dan, I don't understand. Well, my Bible says in verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Now, I'm real interested in verse 20. I've got to underline how Mary sat still in the house. And I got hung up right there. And God spoke to me and said, You tell somebody. He knows you're sitting still in the house. 
Maybe they, some of you, you didn't come to church Sunday. You didn't come back Sunday night. You sure ain't going to come on Wednesday night because you're discouraged. You feel defeated. And things didn't turn out like you hoped they will. Uh, things have not panned out for what you thought would be for your best interest. And so you're not really excited about coming to church. You're not really excited about serving Jesus right now. Oh, you know you're saved. You, you know you're going to heaven, but you're sitting still at the house. In fact, there may be somebody, you're here tonight hearing me preach. You've, you've come by faith. I don't want the preacher getting on me because I didn't come to church Sunday well, Sunday night or Wednesday, so I've come, here I am. In fact, there may be somebody here, you're not praising God, cutting loose, you're sitting still in the house rather than shouting and praising God and singing and blessing His holy name because you're a little discouraged. You're a little defeated. The way is hard. There's problems going on in your life. I mean, Mary, here's a girl that every time we've seen her, she's been sitting at Jesus' feet and she chose the good part which would never be taken away from her. But now her brother's dead. Where was Jesus? I don't know. And she is sitting still in the house. I'm just telling you this tonight because we know that the Lord is righteous in all his ways. When he sits still for two days, that's righteousness and holiness. And it's the right thing to do. I just want us to consider for a little bit tonight, there's no friend like Jesus. Oh, youngins, he's a real bona fide, genuine friend. A friend walks in when everybody else has walked out. Hey, man, a friend loveth at all times. A friend has unchanging love. Jesus has unchanging love. You know how it is with your friends they have fluctuating love. It changes on how you treat them. If we're really friends, amen, we'll be friends no matter what. Unconditionally. And Jesus has for us an eternal, undying, unconditional, unchanging love. I have found Jesus to be the best friend that I ever had, amen. A friend that gave his life for another, amen. My Bible tells me about a friend that sticketh closer than any brother, amen. Well, preacher, will you preach to me? Will you give me some points? You got my attention now. I have been sitting still in the house. Well, number one, when I look at this text, I see the sincerity of his friendship. Here is Mary. May I say she's in distress. May I say she's discouraged. May I say she is defeated. She is in tough, severe, adverse circumstances. And Jesus manifests his sincerity through three things. His remembrance. Look what happened. The Bible says he came. Well, he didn't come when I want him to be there. Yeah, but he came. He may be four days late, but he's still on time. He did not forget, forget her. Lazarus was dead and buried. And because he's dead and buried, she gave up all hope that Jesus would ever come. She thought Jesus didn't love her anymore. 
She thought Jesus didn't care. But oh, here we go. Here comes Jesus. Right on time. He's not forgot about her. He's never been late. I'm telling you, there's somebody tonight. The devil's told you that God has forgotten about you. You went through what you went through. The devil says because Jesus don't care. You went through what you went through because Jesus has forgot about you. Uh-uh. Honey, Jesus has not forgot about you. You are the most important, uh, most important person in his whole day. In fact, God's never forgot anybody. My Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, let's look there. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and in verse number 10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. May I say tonight, you may, the devil may tell you, well, all them times you sung in a choir and taught them Sunday school classes and now your numbers are lower. You feel a little discouraged. There's disease. There's pestilence. And you feel like the devil said, well, all them years of serving God and what did it get you? I mean, the numbers ain't what they used to be, amen. And there's problems in your life now. What did it get you? Let me just tell you, God has not forgotten you. He knows every, I feel preaching stirring. He knows every single thing you've ever done. He knows every single tear you have ever shed. Amen. Hey, the devil is a liar. Jesus comes walking in. He remembers tonight, amen, that we're meeting down here on Wednesday night and we're two or three are gathered in his name. There am I in the midst. He remembers, amen. I think not only does Jesus remember because here he comes, I believe that Jesus has uh, showed his uh, a friendship by his revelation. What do you mean, preacher? There? He communicated with them. He, he spoke to them. He didn't just walk up and stand there speechless and say, oh, mm, mm. I'm going to tell you something. He communicated. He's not forsaken them. He began to speak with them. Look with me in verse number 21. Now, Martha's come out there, then said, Martha, unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. I think there's a lot of people that give Martha a bum rap. But here she is expressing her faith. Even now, I know that whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus, oh here he is, he's speaking to her. His revelation, he saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now in her mind, she's thinking out yonder in the day of resurrection. In, in, in some hundreds or thousands of years from now, that's when it's going to happen. And Martha saith unto him, I know, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now watch this revelation. Here, here comes a friend. Gee, glory to God. I, this is just too deep for me. He walked up to a, a young lady who's weeping her way to God, brokenhearted because her brother's dead. And Jesus said that to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Woo-wee, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You know what he just said? You think he's dead, but he's very much alive. I've got him. I know where he's at. He's in paradise alive right now. 
In fact, Abraham's there. Isaac's there. Amen. Daniel's there. David's there. Your, Lord, I got your love on the night. The devil's come by and said, God don't care. God's forgot about you. Let me tell you something. They, the devil says your loved one is dead. They've been buried up there in the cemetery. And I'm going to tell you tonight, God's got them. They're, they're more alive tonight than they ever were here on earth. And if, Lord, I got, I want a high step. If they were here on earth living and singing it and preaching it and loving with us, amen, one day we're going to be where they are and we're going to live on while the ages roll on. Why? Because Jesus has given a revelation. I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth in me, believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. How about y'all? Do you believe he's the Christ? Oh, you're not sitting still in the house now, amen. You're getting stirred up. I believe he's the Christ. She didn't stop there. She said, I believe you're the Son of God, which should come into the world. Woo! She and Jesus had church right then and there. Now, the Bible says in verse 28, when she had so said, she went her way. She got satisfied. She had church. She had a spell. And she called Mary, her sister, secretly. Now, here Mary is sitting at the house. She's over there and, and, and on the sofa or wherever she's at. She's weeping and she's crying and she's sitting still in the house. And there's all these people around her. But, but there, while they're there, they're of no comfort to her. She's just miserable. And Martha walks up and she says, Mary. I, I got to talk to you a second. Come here. She, the Bible says she called her sister secretly saying, the master's come and he's calling for thee. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Ain't that good? Evidently, there's more, uh, there's more communication that Jesus and Martha had had. He may have said, Martha, I'm glad you're here, but where's Mary? Oh, Lord, she's back at the house. She's so broken. I don't know what we're going to do. He said, go get her. <laughs> go get her. <laughs> Mary, the master's come. She knew who the master was. And he's calling for you. He's asked for you by name. Lord of God, she didn't sit still no more. Amen. When the master called for her, my Bible says, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. If you hear Jesus say, come to me, Get up. Lord of God, you better go right then. Do not delay. Do not make any excuses. Now, my Bible says in verse number 31 uh, that here's Mary. She got up. She's went to in verse 31. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, they followed her saying, she goeth to the grave to weep there. Can you just imagine? She, her, her sisters called her privately and Mary's rose up suddenly. She's been sitting still weeping and she just out, out of the house she goes and now she's crying for a different reason. She was crying tears of sadness but now she's crying tears of joy because Jesus has called her. Oh, I remember when Jesus called out to me, amen. Ooh-wee, what a difference that made in my life when Jesus spoke to me, amen, down in my heart, my soul. She gets up, she heads out, and all the people in the house said, let's go with her. She's going down there to the grave. Let's get, the bottle, get a box of Kleenexes. This is going to be sad and, and bad. And, and she's not going to the grave, though. No. She can't do nothing about the grave. Lazarus is in the grave. He's dead. 
She's going to the resurrection. <laughs> she's going to the life. Amen. She, she's going to the master. She, she's going to Jesus. She's, she's going to a friend that loves her beyond anyone else could ever love her. My Bible says in verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. Again, every time I see her, she is at Jesus' feet. Now here, think, for, think with me for a second. Here she is. She has thoughts of, of discouragement. She has thoughts of distress. She has thoughts of defeat. She has thoughts of death. But when she sees Jesus, all those things are vanished away. And the only thing she's doing is worshiping Jesus. Glory to God. Do you know why we worry so much? You know why? Because we don't spend enough time at Jesus' feet. Amen. Glory to God. Now, may I say here's a third thing. Not only has he remembered her and, and not only has he given a revelation and, and he's communicated, but now look with me. Look at his response. Here's Mary. She fell down his feet. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now look with What's his response? It shows you he's a sympathetic friend. He, he, care, uh, he cares for her. Look with me. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He is a sincere friend. Why? Because he cared. May I say to you tonight, there, there's a lot of people that they, they will see what you're going through, but they just can't pick up on it. You see here, there, I want to say three things. I see the gloom of the righteous. She, she's a saved girl, I believe. Do you see her gloom of the righteous? But when she gets there, she's, she's in the glory of the Redeemer. Hallelujah. And, she's, and we hear, no, she, oh, she, say, she hears the groan of the Redeemer. And the groan of the Redeemer, that, that trouble, he's troubled for her. He, he's groaning because of what sin has done. And as he groans, it turns into the glory of the resurrection. Ha! Hallelujah to God. I'm just going to say this. When Jesus begins to groan, and he begins to, to give that groan, he's making intercession, you might as well write this down. Help is on the way. He knows that groaning, that groaning which cannot be uttered. He knows what that means, amen. So number one, I see the sincerity of his friendship. Preacher, you preached all that for one point. I did. The sincerity of his friendship. I know no other friend like Jesus. He is a sincere friend because he remembers us. He's revealed himself to us and he responds to us. Second of all, I want you to see the sympathy of his friendship. He is a sympathizing savior. He is a sympathizing friend. Most of us, we do not really understand how to sympathize with others. We go through prayer lists. We pray for them. But as far as really getting in it and sympathizing with every single one. Preacher, I can sympathize with this one or that one, but I can't sympathize forever. Preacher, it's impossible. But not for Jesus. He can sympathize for every single one of us. Preacher, it's expressed four ways. He has sympathy because of what he saw. Do you realize, look with me in verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping. When he saw her weeping, he entered into her sorrows. Verse 34, he said, where have you laid him? Look at verse 35. Jesus wept. Hey man, that's huge. That's the first verse I ever remembered. 
You'd do well, some of you that can't remember nothing, you'd do well to remember John eleven thirty five. 35, amen. Jesus wept. What does that mean? He's a sympathizing Savior. Write this down. Nowhere in the scripture do angels weep over what you're going through. They have no idea what it's like to lose a child. They have no idea what it's like to see a loved one die of cancer. They have no idea to see a child go wayward. They have no idea what it's like for you and I as humans. They do not weep one tear. Angelic beings, angelic created, standing in the glory and the honor and the majesty and the splendor of Almighty God. And yet, they cannot sympathize with you at all. They don't understand you, but Jesus does. <laughs> there was a little family, mama, daddy, and a little girl. And the mama got cancer, and they went for every treatment. They went to have surgery. Then they went back and back and had all these scans and nothing doing. That young lady died in her 30s with a small little girl. It broke their little family could go out to that graveyard and bury that mother. They came home that night, dad and his little girl. And oh, how that little girl needed her mama. And she said, daddy, if it's all right, could I sleep in your bed tonight? I'm so scared to sleep alone, daddy. And they said their prayers and got in the bed there and lights was cut out. And she said, daddy. Yes, honey. She said, it sure is dark, Daddy. It's the darkest night of my life, Daddy. And is your face turned towards me? He said to her, he said, honey, I'm looking right at where your voice is coming from. I can see you laying here by my side. And she said, thank you, Daddy. And just to know her Daddy was watching over her, she could rest and go to sleep. And after she did, that Daddy got up out of the bed and fell down by the bedside. And he said, Father, it sure is dark outside. Maybe the darkest night ever. And it sure would help me to know that your face is turned towards me. And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, I'm watching. I'm seeing. I've got your wife and I'm going to help you and comfort you by his grace. I'm glad we have a sympathizing friend, a sympathizing Savior who understands what we're going through when death invades our family. There was a little girl. She uh, grew up in a, a very poor family. I think there were nine children, and she was the sixth of nine. They, they couldn't even afford milk to, for all of them. And so what they'd do is they'd take milk and put it in a, a big glass, and the mama would put black lines down the clear glass, and it's called the milk line. And child one can drink so much and child two can drink so much and child three and so on till they all got just a little bit of milk. And they lived that way. And that little girl got sick. And they took her to the hospital and they admitted her in the hospital and there the nurse came in and put a little food tray out for her and had a little cup there and she poured the milk in it. She said, now honey, I want you to drink this and eat this and and she said, well, where, ma'am, where's the milk line? She said, what? Where's the milk line? She said, honey, it's all yours. You drink all you want. 
Man, I heard that story and I started thinking about it. I thought about how God has come to us and said, you just stick your straw of need into the resources of glory and you just draw back everything you need and if you take everything there is, He's got more where that come from, amen, to supply you with a fresh supply, amen. I'm telling you, if you need sympathy, if you need love, if you need care, if you need grace, if you need mercy, honey, if you'll go to Jesus, He'll give you just what you need. Amen. Sympathy by what he saw, but by what he sensed. Verse 33 again. When he saw her weeping, I think he also sensed what was going on. He was emotionally moved. He groaned in the spirit. My Bible says, I underline it, he was troubled. Oh my, what troubles you troubles him. They tell me that you can take these big harps We've had people that come into the church to play them. And they tell me if you have two harps that are perfectly tuned together, when you pluck one of the strings on one of the harps, that exact string on the other harp will start vibrating because it picks up, it senses that. I'm just going to tell you what troubles you troubles the master. Amen. Ooh, that ought to help somebody. There's sympathy by what he said. He said, where have you laid him? In other words, I'm getting ready to do something about it. Amen. Hallelujah to God. I'm glad for my sympathizing Savior. There's sympathy by what he shared. He shared Jesus with. He shared tears. I'm telling you, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. What a friend we have in Jesus. Y'all were singing at the, uh, uh, the, the altar choir and I looked up the song in the old red back hymnal, page 341. Can I read you some of what this, this songwriter must have gotten help from the Lord. Listen to what he said. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Boy, I like verse 2. Listen to this. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we, Lord of God, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it. To the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despite forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a soulless there. Hallelujah, youngins. I'm glad we have a Savior who is a sympathizing friend with what we're going through, amen. No reason to sit still in the house. We have a sincere friend. We have a sympathizing friend, amen. Thirdly, I see in this text the surety of his friendship. His friendship is sure. His friendship is absolute. His friendship is steadfast. May I say that in this life I've had friends come and I've had friends go. Amen. 
Uh, sometimes we've had acquaintances come and go. Sometimes I think I've actually had frenemies. You'll get that in a minute, amen. I'm just telling you, but there have been some God's brought into my life that's been the real deal. I'm telling you, stood with us through thick and thin. Thank God for earthly friends that God gives to us. But when it's time for surgery, I saw dads had people gathered there. And, and when it's time for surgery, his boy, daddy's my friend. He's not just my daddy, he's my friend. And when it's time for surgery, I can only go so far with my friend. When death comes, I can only go so far. Your friends can only really go so far with you. But Jesus is an absolute friend. He can go with you into the surgery. He can go with you into that operating room. He can go with you as grief and misery overtakes you. He can go with you when pain has set you back. He can go with you when the grave comes, amen. And he'll go with you beyond the graveyard. Y'all ought to be shouting, amen. Hallelujah for my friend, amen, that is a sure friend. He can go all the way. Now, there's some things about Mary here that I see that were working to discourage her. First of all, I believe she felt at distance. Don't you? Uh, she's asked the Lord. She said, listen, my brother who you love is sick. And four days later, had the funeral and everything, she's sitting in the house wondering, why didn't he come? What am I going to do? His words that I love so much. And the devil says, oh, we don't love you. He don't care. He's forgot about you. And she hears her sister say, Psst, Jesus has come. The master's come and he's calling for you. And she gets excited and she gets thrilled. You see, when she was at a distance from him, hallelujah, he was a sure friend. When you feel like, will you hear me for a second? Have you ever had a time when you felt like you were so low and you were so distant you couldn't even pray? You ever been there? I promise you this. When you feel like you can't pray through, he's still your friend. He's still there for you. He's still with you. He's not forsaken you. He's not left you. Amen. There may be acquaintances when you're down, push you down further. When you feel like you're drowning, your acquaintances, your acquaintances may want to give you a drink of water. A drink of water for a drowning man. That's no help at all. I'm just telling you, but Jesus will lift you. He'll never forsake you when you feel at distance. What about when you're fighting doubt? Don't you know that Mary was sitting there and she was doubting what Jesus had told her? The devil was attacking that. Have you ever had a season or a moment of doubting? If you sit here and say, no, you, you probably just told a lie. And I'm doubting you right now, amen. I'm just telling you that we all have seasons of doubting. Well, preacher, I'm not doubting that Jesus is the Savior. I believe that. But are, are you doubting that he will do it for you? I believe he'll do it for others, but I doubt he'll do it for me. She is fighting doubt. But I promise you, though you're fighting doubt, Jesus is a sure friend. You remember John the Baptist? He sent, he sent his disciples while he was sitting there in prison. He said, go ask him, art thou he that should come or do we look for another? The greatest prophet 
ever man, ever born of man, John the Baptist, the greatest ever to live, doubted Jesus. Amen? Jesus says, blessed is he that's not offended in me. You see what? When, when John had said the worst thing in his doubts, Jesus said the best thing. <laughs> Hallelujah to God, amen. May I just say, Jesus still comes in the middle of your doubt. What about when you're facing death? What do you do when you face death? When you have death in your family, what do you do when you face death? And all your friends, I'm telling you, he'll be there. Jesus will be there and go with you beyond, amen. Think about my grandfather. He got a job, he's early in his life. Coming out of school, dropped out of school, got a job. Had to travel pretty far to get to it walking. In fact, what he would do is when he would walk to where he worked, he would walk there on like Sunday night after church and he'd be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Friday night he'd come home. But when it become close to the winter time and the days got shorter, he was working until dark. And his daddy said, son, we'll see you Friday night as he was leaving. He said, Daddy, I don't want to have to walk all the way home in the dark. They're robbers. They're bears. They're things to be afraid of, Daddy. And if it's okay, I'll wait till Saturday morning before I start home. And his daddy said, Now, son, your mama will worry. She misses you real bad if you go past Friday. It's bad enough as it is. So you come on home Friday night like you've done all summer long and through the fall. He said, I don't want to break my mama's heart. Yeah, daddy, I'll, I'll be there. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he dreaded Friday coming home so bad Friday night. And Thursday came Friday, that, that whistle blew. Time to get off from work, it's already dark. And grandpa said, I started for home. And man, I heard noises and I saw shadows moving. I was scared of everything. I was afraid of a bear or afraid of a wolf. He, he said, afraid of robbers. And he said, finally, I heard something walking. And I stopped. I heard something headed closer and closer for me. And I stopped and I said, who, 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 who's there? He said, son, is that you? It's your daddy. I thought you might be afraid. And I thought I'd come meet you in the dark and walk with you the rest of the way home. I just want to tell you something. You've got a sure friend that when you get in the darkness of night and there's troubles all around you, you've got one that says me and you'll just walk the rest of the way home. We'll just go together, amen. I'm glad I have a sure friend that'll be there no matter what. I looked the verse up. It says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It reads the same forward as it does backwards. The same, well, it's still as good. Whether you're going forward or you're going backwards, it's still good. Let me read it for you backwards. Thee forsake nor thee leave never will I. <laughs> Amen. Jesus will go with us all the way. There is no friend like Jesus. So you don't have to sit still in the house in doubt, defeated, despondent, discouraged, distressed, defeated. The Lord says, I'm your friend and I'll go with you all the way. I sure am glad to know that I've got a friend like that, amen. 
and I love him, and he loves me, and he's proved it or and or. Amen. You stand to your feet. I'm going to give an invitation. There may be somebody come say, Lord, I just want to thank you for being a friend. When there was nobody else, you've been my friend. Lord, I, I'm needing a friend right now. Uh, right now, Lord, I'm going through something, and, and I've been a little encouraged tonight, Father. Would you help me? Would you show yourself being friendly in this hour? Here I come. Oh, would you come tonight? Father, I just want to bow my knee. Lord, we saw some days of struggles, some days of really the most intense and severe pain I've had in my entire life. Lord, I've had friends walk away. I've had people lie and talk about me. I've had been persecuted, shoved, had my, my, my vehicle damaged. God, I've had a lot of things. God, some of the pain that we've gone through in the last few days physically is the greatest ever. And yet, you are right there every step of the way. And I'm only here tonight because you've been my friend and because you've rescued me. I saw what you've done in my family. I, I see how you're working. With, Lord, I praise you how you're moving through the church and Lord, how you're sweeping amongst your people. And God, as I was studying today, God, and, and Lord, you begin to speak to me and say, I want you to preach this tonight because you knew somebody here was discouraged or doubting Somebody watching is defeated. There's somebody going to share this with somebody else that needs it. And Lord, you wanted me to declare it. Father, I declare it tonight because you're the greatest friend that I'll ever have. And I'm so thankful that I met you all those years ago. And Lord, you're sweeter to me today. My relationship with you is sweeter today than it's ever been before. I thank you, Father, for the relationship that I have with my sweet friend who gave his life for me. I love you, Lord. I worship you. Help us, Father, I pray. There's folks struggling round about. Would you show yourself mighty? God, would you help them? Will you be that friend in this hour, God? Answer their prayer requests. Be with them, Lord, through this time. Give them encouragement. Defeat what the devil's doing in their life. Help them, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Their sickness, God. Oh, there's hurts, there's pains, Lord. Please help them tonight, God. Give them comfort. Give them grace. Save souls too, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.